For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, November 16th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed in a dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? I talked to my guys last week, and uh, you know they were giving me grief again about the what up, fam. So maybe I shouldn't say it anymore. I don't know. Troy, it's completely up to you. I mean, oh. it's kind of your tagline, and uh, you know Thanks, I kind of like it. I appreciate you giving me license to use it again. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I am Troy Harmon, and the voice you just heard was Michael Griffin. We also have Peter Lynch on, and uh, these guys are both from uh, the Hensler Financial Planning and Implementation Departments. What good is a plan without implementate, implementating? Is that the way it is? No. To well, implement. Im- Implementation. Well, see, there I got you messed up. Implement. Well, you know, implement. You have to implement it. Yeah. It's we important. all know what you're saying, whether we say it right or not, right? That's right. Yes. All right. Well, um, we uh, have all kind of stuff going on in the market, um, not the least of which is, uh, would we get a Fed rate cut? That's been a week and a half ago. So uh, on the heels of that, the market's up over the last few days. 34 basis points, or 0.34%, leading the way, utilities. That seems a little odd, right? A little bit, yeah. Eh, interest rates fall, you get something like that. But the thing that's really interesting about what's happened with the, you know, we always look at the Treasury yield curve. I talk about it all the time. Um, it really is just basically a graph. Normally what you would see with a yield curve is a upward sloping from left to right um, line that uh, shows from like the one month treasury maturing treasury through the three month six month one year all the way out to 30 years um, and we had this weird shape of the yield curve prior to our last rate cut and uh, it, it looked kind of like a nike swoosh so everything from one month out to one year was higher than the uh, two year three five seven and at times even higher than the 10-year. Um, but all of that has changed. So we had the short end of the curve, one month through one year, has all declined pretty significantly, mm-hmm. and the longer term has all increased. So uh, really is what I would call a twist. We saw the 30-year move higher by about 30 basis points, or 0.3%, with the one month moving lower by about the same amount. So um, you know, that that uh, weird shape that we had has now begun to normalize, and we've got, you know, it's it's back to its old self where we've got lower left to upper right, a straight line, more or less. Usually there's a bit of a hump in it with uh, yields around the five- and seven-year being at the, um, you know, the, the 
short end of the curve, steeper than the rest of it. Right. <clears throat> but um, it's probably a know, good thing for the for the market and everything. I mean, usually well, when the yield curve is not inverted, it, it's a good sign. It is, but the thing that I don't want you to miss is the fact that we don't just go from inversion to recession. Usually what you see is a normalization and then, and then, a, recession. then a recession. So, you know, I don't think we're 100% out of the woods. Uh, there are some that you will hear uh, in the market pontificating that uh, things look much better. Um, a lot of the economic data that we're still getting is is not 100% better. Uh, we did see a little bit of a tick up in uh, inflation this week. Uh, CPI, which is Consumer Price Index, did move up to 1.8. Um, why is inflation a good thing? Well, when it's at 1.6 or 7 uh, and it moves up to 1.8, the Fed's target's been 2%. Uh, all of their actions have been to create economic growth, which, you know, they have a dual mandate, right. economic growth and uh, full employment. Uh, we've been at full employment for a long time. Uh, right now, uh, we're at about 3.6% unemployment, which is beyond full employment, if you ask me. Um, mm, you know. I agree. Uh, but, uh, you know, the other piece is when you when you have economic growth, it does cause inflation. Now you just have to maintain it and manage it so that, uh, you know, it doesn't get too much out of control. But uh, it is still below the Fed's target of 2%. So uh, growth has not really kicked in to, uh, to show, uh, you know, huge economic growth and that ensuing inflation so right but we are getting into the season where people are going to be spending some more money around they the holidays will. so we might we might see it tick up the you we know could too good yeah it's a possibility uh, it's hard to say but you're right possibility uh we did get uh a bit of a boost on our last well it's the first estimate of third quarter gdp uh growth so uh you know things are things are not horrible right Right. Um, the the one thing that we will say is uh, it's earnings season. We're uh, quite a good ways through third quarter earnings season, and um, while surprise on earnings is 4.73 percent, which is a positive, uh, meaning that uh, earnings have been better than analysts expect. Um, earnings growth has been negative at 0.9 percent negative. So. Uh, uh, if you look, there's a couple of spots where it's really prevalent. Uh, energy and materials are both showing significantly negative. Energy, negative 37.7% uh, uh, on the old growth meter. Uh, a lot of that's just driven by crude oil prices. Uh, helps consumers at the pump. Um, you probably have seen prices uh, fluctuate a little bit, but trending negative, uh, which is a good thing. Um, and materials are uh, negative 13.93% in the third quarter. So, um, you know, two real weak spots. If you're looking a little deeper, you can see that uh, health care is on the rise, 9% growth in uh, earnings out of health care, 15.24% growth in sales out of health care. So, it's about um, time. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at what's happened uh, as far as returns over the last, uh, year, well, year to date, we'll call it, uh, healthcare is up 11.8%. Now, if I just told you that, you'd say, well, that's, that's a pretty great. good number. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're 10.5% on the, on the year normally in the S&P 500. But guess what? That means that it is next to last year to date. Uh, yeah. S&P 500 has gained 25.58% year to date. 
And uh, health care, like I said, is only up. Only up 11.8%. And the only so, thing it's above is energy, which is yeah not re- performed great this year. Yeah, but it's still 6.6. I mean, I would even which isn't take bad. that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not on a year basis. Uh, until you look at information technology, that's up 41% in 2019. Wow. Uh, industrials are up 289 and uh, communication services, which is a relatively new sector, uh, kind of a rework of old telecom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does include the telecommunications uh, companies, but it has also got Disney and uh, uh, Google or Alphabet, the parent of Google, and um, uh, Netflix and several others that do just that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's communications related. So um, financials even, 26.35% on the year. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that communication service sector. I mean, you know, with Disney coming out, with all the streaming services, all the competing things. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out over the next year to two years. No doubt. Uh, Disney got quite a boost um, they did. On, their, on the launch of their new Disney Plus uh, this past week. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of the companies that we have recommended for a long time to our clients. Um, you know, if you held it, you, you really... Uh, got a significant benefit mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. and we believe that uh, I, you know, I talked about this on the air. We had a question uh, about Netflix uh, versus um, Apple TV versus Amazon. Disney, and and Amazon as well. And I said then that the content winner is Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go on Disney Plus and look and see just what it is that you're buying. Uh, quite a streaming service. You even get some. I think it's some new Star Wars shows that are on there. So right. it's yep. really driving uh, driving consumer attention over to that space. No, we haven't bought it yet, but, you know, probably eventually we we might. I know it had some bugs when it first came out, too. Yeah. I did read some things where people struggled with it a little bit, but yeah. I think overall it had a positive review. Yeah. So. so the Griffin House is still reading books by candlelight. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's exactly. Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. Um, not one of the 10 million new subscribers i am not i am currently not well well you know i I always encourage our employees to support the portfolios but um michael if if you don't want to come along that's fine i'm not saying that Troy. i'm just saying i'm I'm waiting for it to work out all the kinks and then you know maybe i see well they did have some issues on the very opening day i think traffic kind of got jammed up and uh they did have uh they did have some some outage on that very first day of launch. Uh, I think they've worked that out. I believe they have. Yeah. That's what I read too, though. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the water's fine. You can dive on in, Michael. Uh, <laughs> no need to wait any longer. <laughs> Not trying to push you or make fun of you or anything. But hey, it's you right, know me. But you do know it this me, weekend. Right. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But what are you waiting on? Next time I'm on the show, I'll be like, I, I subscribed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Hey, guess what? I haven't subscribed. <laughs> But I will, too. All right. uh, Stick around. We're going to take a real quick break. And when we get back, we've got a dog of the week, and we'll talk about some other financial situations. Did you know that nearly 11% of residents and 12% of children in Cobb County live below the poverty line? That's thousands of families doing without, which is especially sad during the holidays. The Center for Family Resources has been bringing the community together to collect food items for low-income families in Cobb County for over 30 years. 
Through our Thanks for Giving program, we provide holiday food boxes during the Thanksgiving break filled with ingredients for families to cook their own traditional holiday meal. Plus, since Thanksgiving, we can put an extra strain on a family's food budget while children are home from school. We provide extras like breakfast foods, pasta, and peanut butter for those added meals. How can you help? Go to the CFR.org to volunteer, raise money, or start a drive through your business, church, neighborhood, or civic organization or school. That's the CFR.org. And thanks for giving. You This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, dog of the week this week is, uh, I'm telling you, I feel like I've fallen in a groove. Um, you know, two weeks ago I had another similar type dog. Uh, this week, uh, this story comes out of the AP Associated Press. Um, there's a couple who's decided to make their own flavor of uh, gin. And it's, uh, you know, usually gin has got a little fruitiness in it. This one has fruitiness. The only difference between this one and many others, and by the way, this is a South African thing. So um, the the fruit that we've decided we're going to use has been um, ran through an elephant, if you know what I mean. No. It is a distillers. Here, I'll give you a headline. <laughs> distillers of gin infused with elephant dung insist the product isn't a C-R-A word. I don't know who in the world has come up with these things. Two weeks ago, my dog of the week was uh, the the sour toe cocktail, wherein people in Canada were drinking a cocktail that had a severed toe in it. And they did this on purpose. That's nice. Now know. I run across this... They say that what you know this was uh, this is a couple of chemists who decided that they you know they already um, were making gin. Gin starts as beer, then they distill it to increase the alcohol content, and then they they'll put fruit or whatever in it. So in the process of making this, they decided since elephants have a diet that's high in fruits and various other things, that they would use their dung, which by the way, elephants digestive system runs really quickly so it doesn't really digest a lot of the foods uh, they take this as a original product they harvest it by hand by the way uh rinse it down to the point where it's just the fruit and they make gin can't you just use the fruit out of elephant that they <laughs> exactly. eat? Exactly. <laughs> well, well, part of their selling. I mean, you know, this that's, is that's this nasty. is one of those. Yeah. I always like to highlight businesses with a real weird business plan. This one, I don't know how you get much weirder. I mean, we've talked about um, you know folks in uh, I think it's Korea who want to get locked up for weeks at a time, and you know they'll pay good money. In this case, how in the world don't you just go to the area? You know, you were on this, right, Peter? Yeah. You said, uh, why don't you just go and figure out what the elephants eat and make it out of fresh fruit? That's yeah. that's crazy. Troy, I, I thought <clears throat> the, the tattoo, saving the tattoo one was oh, weird yeah, that we weird. did um, a few Man. weeks ago. But this is this is just a whole other reason not to drink gin. Like, that's just nasty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I'm not a gin fan, everyone. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> if if you do uh, want to look this up, the name of the gin is Indlavu. I-N-D-L-O-V-U. 
Uh, and and uh, it says it has an amazing variety of botanicals. I bet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a variety that I could pass up for sure. I'm not a drinker, yeah. but, no. uh, you know, there, this, is, this would surely not be where I started. No, and and, no. and and I am, and I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. So Yeah, all right. Well, uh, you know, they say it all the time. Uh, you can make a you can make a little bit of money doing just about anything. That's true. And there you I go, so. proof of it. So uh, good like for those say, people. These two chemists, uh, in fact, the lady that came up with the idea, uh, this was one of those got up in the middle of the night with this grand idea kind of things. They made oh, it wow. real, and uh, and they're still making the gin. I, could you just imagine waking up in the middle of the night and going, I'm gonna run uh, gin through an elephant, like and you know, okay, like, yeah. that's just that's <laughs> yeah. that's. That's, no, that's not, yeah. How mm. in the world? How do you think? Of that? Well, one of their big selling points is they'll go to various places in South Africa to harvest the uh, the the basis for their product, and they say that uh, each one of them they mark exactly where it was harvested on the bottle. They'll oh, show you wow. the coordinates, you know, so oh, you can see okay. exactly where it came from, and and they say that. Uh, those that are connoisseurs, maybe just the two purveyors of this business, I don't know. But uh, they say that they will, um, you know, you can tell the difference between one location and another and the fruits that are available in the season even of the year. And, and uh, you know, that makes it all the more fun. You haven't convinced wow. me. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> no. Nope. I am not a salesman. But uh, I will tell you that uh, That's I don't know if they could ever convince me. No. no. Nope. Anyway, all right, well, let's move on. Um, like I say, you know, I, I deal with a lot of small businesses, but I haven't ran into that one until just now. So uh, there's your dog of the week, folks. Um, we got some things to talk about. Michael and uh, and Peter, uh, you guys run into these things all the time, and uh, we want to talk about um, a situation that we've uh, pretty much, we created it, but it's got lots of basis in in uh, fact, we we deal with these quite a bit. Um, Barry and Rick, names have been changed to protect the guilty or innocent or however you want to look at it. Um, they're age 47 and 49. Their dad is 77 years old and married to his fourth wife. Um, Barry and Rick are his only children. Uh, their dad's current wife has two grown children from a previous marriage as well. So um, the dad's estate's roughly $1.3 million, and, and the dad's kind of living in the spot where he believes that it'll all work itself out. Uh, I, you know, he he's, uh, says he trusts his wife and he loves her, and he's, uh, he's believing that, uh, that everything will be taken care of, but you guys run into some of these situations, and there's nothing worse than uh, death of a loved one followed by discord among those who are left. And right. It happens all the time. And we see oh, yeah. families that get along perfectly that fight over not a lot of money sometimes. Right. And it's mm-hmm. it's sad to see it, but it's just and it's it just will, what happens. Yeah. It'll destroy their lives. I mean, it they will. won't talk to each other ever again. Yeah. And and yeah. it's it's absolutely not worth that. You no. know, I know a a a guy that does auctions. He'll auction off estates and and this guy absolutely loves for there to be a little contention in the family because they'll have a bidding war on the thing, you know, salt shakers or something. This was grandma's and I want it. So, uh, you know, it's, it really is just nuts as humans. We are very possessive, but we did want to take a a kind of an in-depth dive into this. And Michael, 
uh, you and Peter, if y'all want to take it from there. Absolutely, um, Troy. Thank you. Um, I mean, it's it's a touchy subject. It happens all the time. I mean, the the children, Barry and Rick, need to make sure that their father understands how his will reads, if he has one. Make sure he has one. Oh, yeah. Uh, have that's, a will. That's that's very important. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but you know, if they if they're concerned about about getting the money, you know, if something happens to the the father, then that needs to be outlined, possibly even in a irrevocable trust. Maybe that the that the fourth wife had access to for for the rest of her life, but then made sure that the boys got that. I mean, it needs to be made sure that things can't be changed after the father passes. I mean, he certainly doesn't need to think that things are just going to work out because. That's just not the case. Right. doesn't it, happen that way. It yep. doesn't because her kids who may not have any, may not like this guy at all after he passes, I mean, they're going to be like, Mom, Mom, we want that money. I mean, $1.3 million is is not a small chunk of change. Sure. Yeah. And it's it's all part of that planning process, too. So it's sometimes a difficult decision. It is his money. He can do whatever he wants to with it. But you've got to have that discussion, even though it may be difficult. But like Michael said, you've got different ways to pass this on, whether it's a trust, uh, beneficiary designation is very important too. So Peter, you're telling me that talking to each other is a way to work out your details and Absolutely. your differences and maybe even a plan for the future? Even if you don't want to, yeah, you need to do it. How about that? Wow. Yeah. And I would just like to point out, I'm really proud of this guy for still having $1.3 million on being on wife number four. <laughs> so <laughs> that's interesting. I, you know what? That is one heck of a point, Michael. How in the world do you do that? I don't know. I'm just impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed. I, I would be too. I'm yeah. impressed. But yeah. the kids, they need to sit down with their dad. And you know, there is a possibility, Michael, that that's the way he got the money. That's true. That's that's a <laughs> oh, fair yeah. point. That's a fair point. He, he could have uh, married well three other, other times. That That is a very good point. Um, but, you know... Back to the points we were making. I mean, the serious part. How the assets are titled, very, very important. Anything that's in joint name with the current wife, it's going to go to her. Right. Even even if it's intended to go to the kids. I mean, the bank accounts, they're going to pass directly to her. IRA beneficiaries, however that's set up, it's going to go. And then she can do with it what she wants unless it's in a trust. Yeah. It's completely her decision. And we're just assuming that she isn't part of the conversation, but... Maybe she needs to be as well. Sit down well, with course, the dad yeah. and the wife. Yeah, and yeah. and try to include out everybody. What it is. Well, you yeah. guys run into situations, Michael. It sounded to me like you you uh, might have had a, a situation even recently where you know just what you were talking about. Yeah, um, that uh, a client came in and didn't you know he's was listed on on some accounts with a family member, and you know the will didn't really dictate how the accounts were titled. It's it's very it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we will talk a little more about the subject and answer some financial questions. You're listening to Money Talk. Grab Stick around. Shotgun, cock it back. Shoot the sun until the sky is black. Now I shall hope that the sun got rhythm, cause he gon' dance when that music hit him. This is Money Talks. We're back. Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Michael Griffin and Peter Lynch. And uh, 
we're answering financial questions for you. We've got uh, a way you can get in touch with us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have your own questions. We'd love to answer them on the air. Uh, you can call our question hotline. It's uh, The number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, you'll call. You'll get our recorded message at the end of that. Uh, you'll leave your own message, including your question. We play the question on the air, and we'll answer right behind it. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Ask for Kelly Lynn or the radio show, and uh, they'll connect you, and she'll take down all your information, and we will, uh, again, you know, answer your question on the air. If you prefer not to talk to anybody, you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, if you would like to see lots of information uh, that would help you answer your financial questions, you can just go to our website, hensler.com, spelled again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, we've got lots of information downloaded if it's a broad enough topic or question. Uh, you can probably answer it there as well. So, uh, guys, when we, um, back before the break, we were talking about a situation, kind of an estate planning situation, where a father uh, has his fourth wife. Uh, it's kind of fuzzy as to whether or not he's taking care of everything. And um, uh, his two sons are a little bit concerned as to what's going on. The dad says, ah, don't worry about it. It's all going to work itself out. You guys have been around long enough that you say it doesn't always work itself out. Yep, and I've, so, I've actually got something very specific. So, yeah. And again, it all goes back to planning and keeping that plan up to date as well. Um, but just being in this business for over 30 years, I've run into this twice where right. a beneficiary on an account wasn't updated. So husband passed away. Beneficiary was still the ex-wife, yes. whether that was intentional or not. Um, but because she's the listed beneficiary, she's the one that's going to inherit everything. And this was a guy who had remarried. And remarried. The new wife gets nothing, and the ex-wife gets his financial accounts at least, right? E exactly. So that beneficiary designation will override what's in the will. Yeah. Um, so and I know on retirement counts, uh, accounts, if you've got your beneficiary filled out, it doesn't even go, it doesn't have to be uh, probate, right? It, right. It, can, uh, it goes directly by the uh, by the um, beneficiary designation on the retirement account. Exactly. Yeah. So, so don't even have to worry about a will in that case. But right. um, so, so anytime yeah. anything major happens in your life, a divorce, a marriage, kids, make sure all of your beneficiary designations are up to date. Whether yeah. it's an IRA or a retirement account, life insurance policies, yeah. that's just important to review. And wills. And even wills. If you have a will, it's time yeah. to update yeah. it. Especially yeah. kids. I mean. Uh, there's a lot of important things that might do with uh, with your offspring, how they would uh, how they would be taken care of, especially you know, as minors. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Lord forbid there was something to happen to a parent. Uh, so right. uh, again, if you have questions on this topic, uh, you can call us seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. You can ask for Michael Griffin or Peter Lynch, and either one of those guys can. Uh, Get you connected uh, with a, an estate planning attorney, um, talk you through kind of some of the things that you'd need to be uh, considering in that regard. And uh, again, you know, we'd, we'd uh, um, love to hear from you if you've got questions on any of those estate planning uh, type uh, situations. So um, one of the big things we do on Money Talks is answer questions from our listeners. 
Uh, we've got an uh, interesting question here from Sean from Sugar Hill. says, uh, I was listening last week when you were talking about the market reaching all-time highs, and yet the Fed is cutting interest rates. I feel like this is a recipe for disaster. My uncertainty is very high. Uh, with elections coming up, impeachment talks, uh, this never-ending trade war with China. So my question is, what should I do with my invest investments? I'm uh, scared the market rally is going to bust spectacularly. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, I sit around and look at the economy quite a bit. Um, and, and with it being a big portion of, uh, of my job, uh, trying to see just how to guide portfolios for our clients, um, it doesn't surely look like what we had in 2006 and seven, uh, right. prior to our previous recession. Um, I'm not even 100% convinced that we're to the point where um, we need to dig a hole and run inside it, um, you know, which it, it sounds like Sean might actually be there. Uh, I, I think what you have to do is, is uh, a lot of times what we do here, you guys create a financial plan, and uh, part of that financial plan shows any assets that are going to be needed within the next 10 years. We know that by its very nature, the stock market and uh, financial markets are very volatile, especially with equities. So, um, you know, you're talking about uh, anything that you need and you know you need for the next 10 years should probably not be subjected to such volatility. Absolutely. And, and what do you do with it? Well, you, I mean, you put it in fixed income. It's it's not it's not pretty right now, but look, it's safe and and it's it's what you need to do to make sure that you don't have to sell in a down market. Right. You know, he's concerned about all these things happening. If he's got all his money in the market and he needs some of it, yeah, I would be concerned because you know we could have a pullback. We could very well have a pullback. I'm not saying we're going to, right? But there's a lot of factors out there that could trigger one. Right. You know, I mean, somebody tweet something somebody sneezes the wrong way the market goes up 100 points or goes down 100 points yeah. yeah and you can reassess your risk tolerance if well that's that's a perfect time to do it right if right. you uh if you are worried about um, about your assets and what might happen tomorrow uh you need to reassess whether or not the the equity side of your portfolio the stocks are are actually where you want to be and and uh whether or not you know, if the if the prices are really volatile, maybe you want to pair back on that. So ways oh. that you would craft your portfolio, at least the allocation portion of it, is uh, we know small cap stocks fall more rapidly in a decline. Mm -hmm. So maybe you want to cut back on some of that. Small cap, mid cap, international, those are going to get hurt. Yeah, harder in a in a history tells ec us economic right. decline. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, look, I had a client earlier this week who was asking me questions about, you know, the uncertainty of next year with the election and stuff like that. And I explained to him that he had 10 years of liquidity and that I wouldn't, if if we did have, you know, any volatility next year due to the election or China or what have you, that I wouldn't have to sell in his account at all, next, yeah. you know, while we were down. And, so, and that made him feel better. Right. So, so the theory behind, uh, you know, an investment philosophy like that is, uh, Michael, you said fixed income. This means bonds. Uh, Correct. Bonds, and and CDs. what we try to yeah. do is buy buy high quality uh, bonds or CDs. CDs with uh, FDIC insurance. Absolutely. Uh, and and um, be mindful, by the way, that you're not buying all of your issues from a single bank, and you get over that FDIC limit. 
mm-hmm. uh, where your where your insurance is still intact. Make sure that all that happens, and then you have to kind of shop banks and get different uh, CDs. But um, uh, what we're talking about is market traded CDs in in the case with Hensler Financial Assets, um, and and um, the the portion you don't need in bonds you invest in stocks and the theory there is stocks have shown us over long periods of time while they are volatile they actually outgrow or grow faster than inflation so absolutely you're growing your wealth you're you're making more money than you know than costs and prices are increasing uh with the fixed income side you want to make sure that you're making as much as inflation so you don't lose purchasing power Absolutely. Uh, as as time goes on and you know when when you do it like that let's think about it if we measure back to 1925 we know that the S&P 500 or you know a large cap investment has grown at an average rate of about 10 and a half percent think about what's happened since 1925 <laughs> a well, lot in 29 we had the great depression we've had a world war uh we've had a president who got uh, impeached and mm-hmm. left Richard Nixon mm-hmm. uh, we've had a Cuban Missile Crisis we've had all kind of upheaval in the Middle East uh, well, think about it there's, tech, there's tech always, bubble the yeah. decline of 2008 right. I mean we've had I mean there's been so much that's happened and there still will be going forward Absolutely. there's always going to be something even after something. the election right. something else will happen yeah. it's so it, what it does is it gives you, you know, as, as Michael, you said it, uh, it gives you kind of a little bit of solace. You can sleep at night knowing mm-hmm. that the money you're going to need within the next 10 years is going to be, you know, fairly stable. Yeah. More stable than you're not in the equity lose it. market. Yeah, you're not going to lose it. Right. And at the same time, you know, you're going to have uh, a situation where you can um, – where you can also rest easy knowing that just because your money's in equities and it might go down, uh, it's not going to go away. It's only on paper until you have to sell it. That's, that's absolutely long term. true. Yeah, long term. All right, well, let's take one real quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll answer some more financial questions. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. When I think back on all the crap I We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. That's Not at the Love Shack, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Troy. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Uh, I'm Troy Harmon here with Michael Griffin and Peter Lynch. And, uh, guys, we've been talking about all kind of stuff. We've got a couple of questions we'd like to cover here. Uh, if anyone out there would like to uh, have their question answered on the air, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six, or you can call our uh, office seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. Ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, they'll hook you up with Kelly Lynn, and she can take down your information, including your question, get it to us, and we'd be happy to answer. Uh, you can also email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can go to our website, hensler.com, spelled the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Again, so uh, guys, we've got... 
A question here from Antonio Alicia from Atlanta says, Dr. Gene always said that applied materials wasn't for the faint of heart. I bought it back in May, and I'm more than thrilled with the growth. It's uh, listed as undervalued and a buy by analysts. Uh, but the stock is near its 52-week high. Does this have room to grow, and should I bite the bullet and pay the short-term gains? Um I'm going to take this in two parts. Let's talk a little about applied materials. Yeah, it's uh, it's volatile. Almost everything in technology is a little more volatile than you might find um, in in various other sectors in the market. Over the last 12 months, applied materials has grown in price by 72.5%. Wow. Now, you can't go back nice. and get that one. I mean, that'd be perfect, right? You'd put everything on applied materials and retire this year. But, uh, you know, we don't have that option. So looking at it, uh, it looks like uh, growth is decent. You know, nothing to to brag over. 4.91% is what is expected going forward. It's been even better. Five-year growth in earnings, 27.2%. Again, that's history, so, you know, it's tough to say. doesn't have a huge dividend uh, we get 1.05% yield out of the dividend. 15.5% of their earnings are paid out in uh, the form of a dividend. Um, the thing that I find that's really interesting here, and by the way, the company's really profitable. Uh, return on assets, 16.5%. Return on equity, 40%, which means it's got some uh, pretty good debt. Uh, debt to equity is 77.6%. So uh, this is a tech company with, uh, you know, it can have volatile um, results. Uh, They make uh, semiconductors, you know, displays and and, uh, related industries. They, you know, they they create um, uh, manufacturing equipment for those industries. But uh, analysts, now you said that you see it as undervalued. Um, It's trading close to its one-year target. As well, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I know that's just a target, but I mean, yeah. I don't know if I'd call it undervalued at this point. Yeah, Michael, that that was the point that I was going to say. So the target that I'm seeing off of, uh, you know, the Bloomberg terminal, fifty six twenty one, currently trading fifty six forty one. We're one percent over analyst estimates. These are twenty nine analysts. Now they all say that we're a little overvalued. Right. Yet 20 of the 29 have a buy rating on this company. Hmm. They don't want to get left behind. It's up hmm. 72.5%. Why won't they tell you to sell it? Because they don't want to be wrong. Right. And, you know, when you... That makes it's sense. momentum. It's momentum. That's mm-hmm. all that you're seeing there. So uh, here's here's the question. You bought it in May. You've got a huge gain. You're going to have to pay tax, and that tax is going to be at your income Rate yep. level. Short term. Yeah. Are you Short-term willing to hold it till next May? That's the question. Exactly. That's still a long time away. It mm-hmm. is. And, you know, when I look at uh, at kind of the, the uh, P.E. ratio, currently at 18.06. Doesn't look too bad relative to the mm-hmm. overall market, which is, you know, a little above 20. But if you look uh, at its long-term uh, average at 19.3, it too looks like it's inexpensive. Until you start looking at the long-term average all the way back to, you know, its inception in the 90s, um, 
Its P.E. average since then is almost 51. So, yeah, this looks cheap, but think about what you're saying there. You're right. talking about a P.E. that was huge in the 90s. It mm -hmm. spiked, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's um, P.E. during the uh, tech bubble was through the roof. I mean, it, it was a right. thousand, a P.E. of 1,000. Well, that was a tech <laughs> bubble. In 2009, even. Wow. So, you know, th this thing has, has had some really weird price movement. Um, you know, if, and, and here's, here's really, to me, the kicker. People make investments. You know, if you, if you just think about since May, the stock is up 32.3%. Right. So you sell it. You got say you had a thousand dollars you invested. You you you're up thirty two percent. You got three hundred twenty bucks, and just for instance, if you're at the thirty percent rate in taxes, you're gonna wind up still with two hundred twenty four dollars gain. That's still pretty nice. Twenty two point four percent. That's uh, after tax. That's better than the market overall. Right. If you wait until May, you could get a you know you're gonna get a better. Uh, tax rate, maybe 15%, unless you're at the absolute top tax bracket where it's 20%. 20%. So if you're, if you got 15%, um, you would have, uh, on that 300, just assuming that, you know, the price stayed stable, which never happens. No. Uh, you would, uh, you would have like 272 bucks in gains from here if I mean, you paid 15%. So we're talking about, uh, you know, the potential of a $50 bill, basically. Right. I mean, obviously, these numbers get a lot bigger if you're dealing with bigger yeah, dollar amounts. Yeah, I'm just amounts. saying it's 1000 bucks. Right. But you see what I'm saying. Right. But $100,000 so, makes a big... Well, $100,000, what are you going to have? You're going to have $32,000 at the same, you know, at the end of the game, you're still going to have 22400 if you're at the 30%, right? Right. <laughs> and all it takes is a is a decline of... You know, there's nothing wrong with taking profits. There's not. There really isn't. There's not. And we're talking, you know, instead of, uh, you know, uh, about 50 bucks, we're talking about, you know, even on those bigger rates, what, 500? We just multiplied True. it by, well, no, we, it would be 50,000 because yeah. we multiplied it by a bigger number. <laughs> so, you know, all things considered, you got three options when you got tax to to look at. You can either gift it to the charity of your choice. Right. You don't pay any tax. Point, you don't pay mm -hmm. any tax, but you've given it all away. You get a charitable deduction. You still <laughs> don't have it, right? It's not in your wallet. That's true. Or you can die and pass it on to your heirs. Yeah, they get mm -hmm. a step up in cost basis. They get a step up in cost basis. Um, you know, maybe some estate tax, but probably not that these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but you're dead and don't care. True. So the other option is you pay the tax... Mm -hmm. Take your gains. A favorable Take tax rate. Gains. Do something else with yeah, it. Maybe. Well, maybe. Peter, maybe. you're right. Long term. Yeah, you, you wait until May if, if you think that it's going to hold out. But you still get to keep a whole <laughs> lot more than the other two choices. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we run into this all the time. You know, this yeah. is a tax issue. My opinion, uh, applied materials is too expensive. I would sell it. If there is no tax consequence... I'd take my cash off the table and move along. I don't, um, I don't disagree with that, Troy. I mean, yeah, and and even now, I mean, you've you've got a very handsome game. Yeah, right. My opinion is, 
you know, you, you would still sell it. Yeah. Give Uncle Sam his due. Move along. Pat yourself on the back. Exactly. If I could do it through the radio, I'd do it for you right now. <laughs> Can't, but uh, anyway, so, you know, with a situation like this, I think you, when you're investing in a taxable account, you have to get over the fact that you got to pay tax. Yeah. I mean, means you've made money. You've if profited. you've made money, right? And yes. and the other thing is, in your retirement accounts, it's you know you see the number on paper, you've got money in your IRA, got a hundred thousand dollars. Well, guess what? When the government starts making you take that money out at the age of seventy and a half, you're not going to get all no. that money out. You're no. going to pay tax. Income tax. At your ordinary income tax rates, yes, exactly. exactly. So not even not even at the capital gains rates. Yeah. And I just thought of another option, Troy. You could wait for it to go back down. You could. That is another <laughs> option. And, and then sell and, it. and but then even unless it goes way back down, <laughs> yeah. you're still gonna pay tax. <laughs> right. True. Right. So, you know, either way, there there's you know, you gotta it's kind of the the gatekeeper. You're gonna have to pay the gatekeeper to get to the spending that money if it's in a mm-hmm. taxable account. Mm-hmm. And even if it's in a retirement account. Uncle Sam only let you get away with that for a little while. Yeah. Very Not true. forever. He's very gonna true. get his tax. All right, guys. Mark it up or down this week. Up. Peter. Up. Uh, up. All right, everybody's staying up. You know me, I'm a broken record. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll see you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.